0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapping with Bum. I'm your host, for the moment, Keith Berkelhammer here, but we've, we're doing something really kind of cool and special on, on the show tonight, and we've got Matt Peterson from Coral Magazine. What's up, Matt?
1: Ah, you're going to get grilled tonight. <laughs> That's what's up.
0: <laughs> I'm going to get grilled, huh? This is, uh, yep. is going to be interesting. We're going to kind of flip the script here, and... I'm going to be handing the hosting duties over to Matt. I guess you're going to be a moderator maybe, or you're going to just... Uh... I will, we'll figure it out. So fortunately, my 187-gallon uh, display tank is being featured in the November-December edition of Coral um, Magazine. Matt, I'm, I'm holding yep. it up right here. All
1: right. I'm getting my copy over here, too. And uh, we'll do one of that I, one. I
0: am freaking thrilled to be featured in the preeminent publication for um for the reef keeping uh, world yeah oh let me uh, let me show this here um yeah. that's the cover right so we've got the cover for the November December edition and then uh we've got the uh the spread there there I am with my uh reef bum work shirt on my wife likes to say that I'm pumping gas with that uh with that shirt on there with the uh <laughs> with my name. But uh it's it's a throw, Matt, and I I really uh really uh appreciate it. So um yeah, I think what's gonna go down here is is um I'm gonna just kinda take care of some business for the show first and then I'm gonna hand the reins over to you and you're gonna kinda grill me about the tank. I mean I, I wrote the article in detail in terms of what's going on with the tank and, and you know how I like to keep reef tanks. And there's yep. a couple of videos that I did put, to, uh, put put together, so a lot of people that um, do uh, follow me on YouTube have seen videos of the 187 gallon display, but <clears throat> we'll show the folks out there that might not be familiar with my tank that uh, video, and then also there's going to be a, uh, a behind the scenes video of the equipment setup, so um, yeah, so Matt, you know, I just want to thank you and the folks at Coral Magazine for, uh, for featuring my tank, it is quite an honor. Um,
1: I mean we we obviously couldn't have done it without you. So thank you for uh <laughs> thank you for agreeing. Yeah,
0: well listen, this is a a unique idea. I'm not sure who came up with the idea to uh to actually do this um aquarium portrait that was you, right?
1: Yeah, I was the one who said, Hey, we should we should talk yeah. to
0: Keith. So Um yeah. So just a little quick um Bio and Matt. Matt uh, Matt's the senior editor and associate publisher with Reef Terrain Forest Media and Coral Magazine, and is the senior editor and publishing partner with Aquatic Media Press and Amazonas, Amazonas Magazine. There we go. There we Ma-
1: go. That's the freshwater yep. version of Coral, basically. Um, so. Matt
0: has kept aquariums for 39 years, or is it 40 years now?
1: Oh, 39.
0: Okay. Um, yep. He's worked the in since. All right, he's he's worked in most facets of the aquarium trade, is an active aquarius, fish breeder, both marine and freshwater, and was recognized with the 2009 MASNA Award as the MASNA Aquarius of the Year. So that's uh, that's Matt's ditty there. But uh, I, I before I begin, I do want to thank the sponsors of the show, both Bulk Reef Supply and Ecotech Marine. I really appreciate these companies supporting the show, and I also appreciate all you folks out there that are tuning in and uh, as per usual, please chime in with your thoughts, questions, comments in the, uh, in the chat. One other piece of uh, housekeeping, all episodes of Wrapping with Rebum are now available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. So if you want to catch replays of the shows on, uh, in the podcast format, you can go to those platforms. And uh, Matt, let's also talk about a giveaway that's going on here, right? Yes. So so, uh, I could I could provide some details, and I already mentioned something in the uh, in the comments on this live stream. So, all right, Matt and the good folks at Coral Magazine have been kind enough to give away some subscriptions to Coral Magazine to some very very lucky reef keepers, and so that's very cool, and we thank you. So we're going to be giving away. Well, coral magazine and and uh, Matt will be giving away three one year subscriptions to the domestic print edition of Coral and three one year digital editions of the magazine. Did I get that right?
1: yep, and you can um if so if you're international, if you're watching from uh, Germany or South Africa or wherever you may be, you can uh, still get in and get a digital edition uh subscription which you can access anywhere you have internet
0: so cool so yeah. all right. To be eligible to win, you're going to have to head on over to, uh, pick up your phone and head on over to Instagram right here, right? Yeah. And, um, first you must follow Coral Magazine and Reef Bum on Instagram. So, so follow us there. Second, you must tag two. Here we go. There's the post and I'm going to put the yeah, post up. Look for that. I got, I got the post up right here too. So this is the post. All right and um what you must do secondly here is you must tag two aquarium friends in the comments of this post and that and that post is on the reef bum instagram page account however you want to uh whatever you want to call it and uh we're going to randomly select six winners from the comments on tuesday december 7th at 12 noon and the winners eastern standard time and the winners will receive a um, uh, uh, PM directly and must reply within seven days or else a new winner winners will be chosen eligible to people 18 years or older this giveaway is not sponsored or endorsed by Instagram check out the link in the ReefBum Instagram account bio for the official contest rules did I miss anything
1: Matt? Uh, if you work for Coral or Reef Bum, <laughs> you can't win it
0: <laughs> that's in the rules yeah, I think so Yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I see we got a whole bunch of people that are uh, tuning in. Somebody from uh, New Zealand and
1: hey, hey, possible digital uh, subscriber winner. He's got to he's got to participate.
0: Yeah, Reefkeeper is saying yeah. you said Reefkeeper. Does that mean I get a subscription? Laugh out loud. I don't know, man. Go ahead and comment on the post. Maybe you'll uh, be one of the lucky few. So, Matt, I'm I'm gonna turn it over to you. This is uh this is like a relief for me. I don't have to be on my game here. Like. Trying to like figure oh. out to uh, what what to ask my guests, but I guess I'm going to have to uh, be a little, um, you know, on on the, uh, the lookout for some potentially uh, hard probing curveball types of questions.
1: Yep, yep. All right, uh, so I'll I'll lead it off. Um, does Vermont still have more cows than people?
0: I do not know the answer to that question. <sighs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, look out their window. Tell me what you see.
0: <laughs> I see a lot of. Uh, I see some rain. I see some fog. Okay. And uh, right. yeah, you know, so it's um, it's a little dark and dank out there right now. All
1: right, all right. So, so that was that was one of the uh, light-hearted questions. Um,
0: oh, that was so, a softball yeah. question.
1: That was the softball. I that couldn't even answer the
0: softball question.
1: Oh, oh all right. So. I, I've got a whole list and I don't have a, any particular order to them. We'll see where the, uh, where, where the uh, conversation goes. And Paul down in the comments, uh, already asked one that I'm going to get to a little later. So uh, and, Paul, and, you gotta and, hang on just for a minute.
0: And, and yeah. And, and the other thing, um, Matt, I just want to remind you about the videos you know, whenever you uh, want me to play those videos, you'll let me know.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, so I, I would say we could start right off with that if if you would like to, yeah. um, so people see what we're talking about. Okay. Um, And uh, I don't know if I can put a link to the – we actually put that whole um, uh, article online for free. So you can read – if you missed Keith's Aquarium Portrait, you can read it online for free on the uh, Reef the Rainforest website. So um, while we're watching video, I will make sure we get that up as well. So I'm running the um,
0: display tank video right now, and this is my 187-gallon tank. And I've got another video that I'm going to talk about all the specs of the tank itself in terms of the equipment that's being used. So we're just kind of like – doing some, um, gratuitous coral uh, shots. Hey, Greg Carroll, what's up, man? And, um, yeah, this, this tank has been up and running for four and a half years about, and it's, it's really doing very, very well. It's, it's been through, um, certain issues and it was, you know, we had a rough start with this tank at the beginning. Had a, um, you know, basically had to reboot it after a couple of years. I started the tank with dry rock and, um, for those of you that follow me on YouTube and, and what have you, you know, I, uh, I'm not a big fan of dry rock, but, um, I, um, I restarted the tank with live rock. Not to say that dry rock is a, is a bad thing. I always go into this whole, uh, spiel about dry rock, but, um, I, um, I am a believer that if done the right way, dry rock does work out. But that's enough about dry rock. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I've had some cyano and I think you can kind of see some of the, uh, the cyano in, in certain parts of the, uh, in the video here. Um, what i talked about in the articles i started doing some uh, experimenting with bacteria dosing and and um some of that cyano has receded i'm i'm dosing mb7 from bright wells as well as microbacter uh, clean and um i've actually taken my uh Cato offline but i'm That's also going to be talked about in the, um, in the walkthrough equipment, walkthrough uh, video in terms of what I was doing there. But, uh, you know, the corals are just really responding very well. And I think one, one of the keys for me is, um, just kind of like leaving things alone and not, uh, doing a lot of fussing with the tank. You know, I mean, there's just so many things that you can change with the tank. And, and, uh, I, I just, I find that, um, the more you just kind of sit back and let mother nature... Do her thing; the better things seem to uh, to go versus constantly trying to change things up. Um, this uh, what you're seeing here is a uh, a purple monster frag that I had put into the uh, display tank. And both the uh, Oregon blue tort and the Tyree purple monster are probably my favorite corals. But this uh, Tyree purple monster was just encrusting like crazy on the rock. Eventually, got shaded out by other corals in the display tank, so I had to pull a frag out of that. And um, put it into one of my frag tanks, and it actually is growing out pretty nicely on on a uh, frag tile. But uh, don't reach out to me for frags because it's going to be a long time. <laughs> um, so I, you know, my my whole thing with with um, SPS is I, I like colorful SPS, solid colors. You know, there's a Tyree red dragon there, um, the Cali tort, the uh, the or- I mentioned the Oregon blue tort. I like solid colors. You know, I like the corals that you can kind of see from afar versus, you know, a lot of the crazy tenuous and stuff with, with serious blue light. So, um, I'm, I'm more about full spectrum lighting. These are, um, this tank is lit by, by metal halides and t5s and, uh, it's worked well for me in, in years past. And I did just, um, start up a peninsula tank about a year ago with LEDs and I'm digging the LEDs, but it's, um, you know, metal halides, tried and true uh, technology and, and, um, yeah, you know, there are, uh, obviously concerns in terms of using, um, metal halide bulbs because of the, uh, the heat and, and, um, you know, other issues, but it's worked for me. I think we've run through that video. Mac, I can't hear you there, man. Oh, there we go. I can hear you there now. We go. Yeah, you had yourself yep, on yep. mute. Come on, the, I, the, well, the, host, yeah, the host can't mute himself.
1: <laughs> well, I realized I was <laughs> typing an answer to a question in the chat, and it's like, oh, you can probably hear that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we've already had a couple questions come in there, um, and I know we we touched on it in the article. But Paul wants to know how often you're testing this tank, uh, and which parameters you're really uh, uh, honing in on.
0: So I have a um a GHL cage director so I'm monitoring alkalinity twice a day and and um I'm uh, waiting on the uh the GHL ion director to monitor you know all those other parameters that uh, it it, it uh, monitors the nitrate, calcium, magnesium, um I'm, I'm missing a couple off the top of my head but In lieu of that, what I've been doing for my whole reef keeping career is using solid for test kits to to test nitrate to test um, for magnesium, calcium and I use a um, Milwaukee uh, test kit for phosphate and uh, you know, in in terms of where I like to keep my parameters, I like to keep alkalinity like in the 8.5 to 9 ODKH range. Calcium, I'm not terribly concerned with, but if it's between 400 and 440 450, that's cool. Magnesium, I like to keep it at 1400. The um, the nitrates right now on the 187 gallon tank are practically near zero. I, I I I like to keep them a little bit higher, but everything looks really good. Phosphates are near zero okay. on that tank. And
1: do you worry? Do you worry about it? Kind of all of a sudden, like riding that line where it's just Really starting to get low on nutrients, and and things could go kind of cascade in the wrong direction.
0: Yeah, I um I do worry about that. I think it is kind of uh, walking a little you know tighter tightrope than I'd like to. Um. But you know, I think for me, the corals will tell that story, and and I haven't seen any signs of them really being um, you know, upset by that. Okay. You know, for um. For really the, the key I think is um daily observation and I uh, I talked about bacteria dosing and I listen, I know that I have nitrates and phosphates because I have some algae in the tank. And I have some algae in my yeah. frag tanks. So if I didn't have any of the algae in, in um like cyano, a little cyano here and there, a little uh here or there, um, you know, a a little um you know, other green stuff here and there. I, I, so I know I've got it and it's a tough, tough thing to tell, right? In terms of exactly how much is being consumed by your corals because the corals are consuming a lot of nitrates and phosphates. You know, how much is the algae consuming? Um, if my tank was really very sterile looking and there was no algae whatsoever, then I would be more concerned than I probably, um, you know, should be.
1: So, exactly. so everything in moderation. A little algae is yeah. okay.
0: But you know, yeah. today I did I did up. Um, I I had stopped dosing nitrates, so okay. I started um, dosing maybe f- I think it was five mLs of nitrates. I'm trying to feed the the fish more in the, uh, okay. in the display tank. So uh, I've only got like fifteen fish in that system. So there's not a lot of fish, um, and and but I I try to feed four to five times a day.
1: So, so I mean, relating to all of this, one of the questions that that kind of came in was, what are you what are you uh, doing to keep up with all that stony coral growth? I mean, you're obviously monitoring and adjusting, but what are you doing to to keep up?
0: That's a very good question, Matt. Let me um, let's run the equipment uh, video because yeah, I talk yeah. about that stuff in that video, Perfect. and then I think maybe we could um, kind of uh, fill in the uh, you know, the 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 yeah. gaps. Roll that. So footage. let's um let's roll this uh, footage right here. Let me uh just make sure I got the right video. Being you know I'm I'm the guest here right? and I I gotta like run this live stream still man. How, shouldn't you be running the live stream? Shouldn't you be the technical director, the moderator, and all this stuff? But <laughs> well, I guess I still you know, have to it's, do it's the a, jobs uh, that I you know.
1: It's a team effort.
0: <laughs> gotcha. All right, here let me uh let me get run this video. All right, here we go. All right, so this is a. Custom tank that was built by Coast to Coast Custom Aquariums in New Jersey. Got Euro bracing on the top here. And what um, I'm going to show you behind the tank here is an external overflow box with a lid, two one and one half inch drains, and two one inch returns. I'm using gray PVC piping and everything in terms of the equipment. Is in the room next door there is nothing below the stand in terms of equipment the only thing i've got behind the tank are the ballast for the lights and i'm running geesman 400 watt and i've got um 20k 400 watt radium bulbs in those fixtures plus some t5s and i've also got the uh Eagle Tech controllers underneath here so in terms of plumbing the tank through the wall and into the sump room it was it was a complicated plumbing job I'll uh, I'll admit that it took me a long while probably a week to plumb the tank to the sump through the wall here but I'll uh, I'll show you the other side I drilled holes in the drywall and then I put some bracing inside of that drywall and it worked out pretty well so I'm going to show you that right now between the display tank and the sump room is a staircase, so I had to go underneath this staircase right here. There's a closet, pretty much with all, all the equipment that I have for this uh, system. And as you can see, the, um, all the, the two drains and the return lines are braced in right in there. So there's one brace up against the wall, and then there's another brace right here where the unions are. It's all really in there, very solid. And this is the Royal Exclusive Dream Box, custom-made sump in Germany, that is uh, feeding the tank, as well as um, these two frag tanks, the 75-gallon frag tank and the 50-gallon frag tank. So the two drains from the display are right here, going into the Dream Box, and then I also have two drains from the frag tank that are going into the dream box and this fifth drain is for water changes so I've got 50 gallon drum of RODI water right here and what I do is um, I have a pump in here and so when I need to make some salt water I pump it into this 50 gallon drum mix up the salt let it sit for a while and then I've got another pump in here and I've got some valves And I will uh, when I need to put water into the dream box I will turn those valves turn the pumps on and it goes right underneath this bench right into the dream box so just a real quick overview in terms of the um, the rest of the plumbing on this dream box I've got two 100 watt wool exclusive uh, pumps you know pumping out through these two one-inch return lines so right here this return line is going to the 50 gallon frag tank I've got a valve turned to divert some of that water to the frag tank and this valve is open and it goes to the 187 gallon display and then on this return right here I've got a couple of things going on here I've got this valve again it's turned slightly to divert some of the water all the way up around the ceiling right here right down into the 75 gallon frag tank then what I also do uh, what I have here is another valve and when I shut everything down for a water change I will turn this valve shut that off right leave this valve open come all the way back here and I'll turn these two valves this way and that way open it up I've got a drain right here open that valve up final tubing goes into the slop sink empties the water out so I'm just essentially turning on one of the return pumps and pumping water out and then to put the water back in like I mentioned before I'm turning the pump on on that 50 gallon drum right there and pumping it into the dream box so it looks complicated in terms of the plumbing and it like I mentioned it it wasn't uh, an easy plumbing job but it it's great It really makes maintenance a lot easier now the reason why I wanted to go through the plumbing again is because I did make a change I believe since the last time I did this video I think I only had the one frag tank so I had to splice into the line right here to put the plumbing in for the 50 gallon frag tank alright so what's going on so this dream box is I believe 74 gallons I did have a um, Bubble King double cone. I think it was 250 skimmer on this Dreambox. It proved to be too big of a skimmer for the system. I was getting a lot of inconsistent skimming. It was just not um, functioning the way it should. I got a Delta. I'm not. I'm not bashing Deltec. It's been. It's been a great skimmer. I'm really happy with it. But uh, I do eventually want to replace it with another uh, roll exclusive uh, Bubble King. What else is going on here? I've got. A uh, media reactor, so that's got activated carbon in there. The uh, the skimmer, by the way, is not uh, running right now because I just dosed bacteria, so I'm got the skimmer off for four hours. As well as this uh, UV sterilizer, which is relatively new. And you know, I'm a fan now of running UV sterilizers 24/7 because in this tank right here, the Peninsula tank, when I had that dinos outbreak, I added dino's outbreak I added a UV sterilizer and it wiped out the uh, the dino's within a matter of days and I also really like the water clarity with the UV so I just feel like it's a it's a good preventative thing to have on this system to to prevent a potential dino's outbreak uh, you know it could potentially help with uh, certain fish diseases and uh, water clarity so I'm, I'm running UV on both systems right now now the, uh, the other thing I wanted to, uh, to point out, I'm using a um, Reef Octopus. I believe that's a 9-inch calcium reactor in this system. I was running two-part, so that's different versus the last time I provided this update. This thing is, uh, is awesome. It um, really provides you know rock-steady alkalinity for me. The, um, the effluent... Pour this uh, calcium reactor is dripping into the skimmer pump and I'm doing that to to help elevate the pH because the skimmer pump there's a lot of aeration going on at the skimmer pump and so that could help degas the carbon dioxide the other thing that I'm doing is I am dosing caulkwasser. and I have this 30 gallon drum of Kalkwasser it is being uh the cockwasser is being pulled from this uh ghl uh two ghl um dosing heads from this pump the uh, you know it's i'm dosing a lot per day and so i have to keep up the maintenance on the uh, the pump heads because if i don't then it's going to wear them out it's not ideal situation in terms of utilizing the um the ghl doser 2.1 to dose cockwasser but this 30-gallon drum has been great because not only am I dosing the coquasser onto the 187-gallon system and into this dream box, but I'm also doing it. It's I got lines that run um, along this wall up over the door, and it's um, being fed dripped into the uh, dream box that I have for my 225-gallon peninsula tank. So I'm dripping coquasser. I am not stirring this. I don't have anything in here to stir it. It's um, basically lasts about a couple of weeks. And then what I'll do is I'll put a couple more cups of caulkwasser in there. Every couple of months, I'll remove the uh the, the sediment in there. I'll take a shot back and I'll just suck it all out. I'm just not sure if there's gonna be any impurities in there, if it uh, stays in that drum any longer. So I just wanna be sure about that and, and suck it out Every couple of months, and just start over, and I start over with four cups of aquasol, and it seems to be doing a trick. My pH has been pretty much spot on, 8.1 to 8.4. Sometimes it goes up to 8.5. The other thing uh, you can see, I've got this um, GHL Proflux 4 controller over here. I've got my KH director. I've got that set to run two times, once uh, overnight and once in the middle of the afternoon. The other thing I'll point out here is in terms of what I'm dosing. I'm actually dosing phosphate on this system as well as nitrate. And some of you will notice I don't have the bucket refugium anymore. I don't have the the algae reactor anymore. I've been dosing bacteria, the Microbacter Clean, since July. And then the past, uh, I don't know month or so I've been dosing the Brightwell's MB7 as well and you know my nitrates are at 2.5 I'm dosing I think about 6 mls per day of, of nitrates and my phosphates are essentially zero all right so at this point you know I have decommissioned the Cato and I but I am still dosing the Brightwell's Cato grill and I think that's been beneficial for the corals in terms of the iron, the manganese for the uh, for the corals. So I've been still dosing that and that is pretty much it in terms of what I'm doing dosing wise. Not a lot. But yeah, other than that, what else can I tell you? You know, in terms of the frag tanks, I just added a couple of new industrial fans and these really uh, work very well. In terms of keeping the uh, you know i've got them set i think to turn on at 79 degrees and you know this time of the year they really don't turn on too often but these both of these tanks are lit by metal halides so that does tend to warm them up a bit what else can i tell you i've got this spectra pure ultra precise uh, auto top off that i use for the top off and again that's pulling from the 50 gallon drum over there with rodi water what I do have on my list is to clean up this mess in terms of all the power cords. I think i want to, what I want to do is create a, a cover, just to really make it more bulletproof. It makes me nervous that you know it's next to the frag tank. But other than that, I'm pretty happy in terms of the way things are going. We are back. Sorry about that. that was a little longer than right. I thought. <laughs>
1: I got to, I got to turn off the volume here. Oh yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, so that was, that was awesome. And I I had to bust your chops just a little bit there in the chat, but, um, uh, I know I had a whole list of questions just from that. Um, uh, and I, I want to go back to that question. We kind of segued into the keeping up with the stony coral growth. Um, and, uh, I mean, is it a never ending battle for you that you're just Ever using more resources to to keep things where they need to be? Well,
0: what what I was um, doing on that tank initially, and I talked about it in the article, is I was dosing two-part, mm-hmm. ESV two-part, and it was it was costing me an arm and a leg. It was like I was dosing up to 300 mLs of each two-part per day. So what does that cost?
1: <laughs> For someone who doesn't know, what does that cost? A lot.
0: Ballpark. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Um, well... I think you're talking about uh, o- over a year. Hmm. Sure, I- I'm. I'd have to go look up exactly. I mean, it was like every every two weeks I was refilling my um, gallon uh, containers. So okay. let's say twenty six weeks. You know, that's twenty six gallons. Um, it was hard to find the. Um, I think it was the five gallon ESV. Mm-hmm. component the the concentrated version of it, I think that's what it was. And um yep. man, what what was the uh, I'd have to look up the, what the cost was on on that um in terms of the uh I mean I, I you know so it's <laughs> a lot of money, man. It was it was a lot of money and, and um for that kind of demand in terms of calcium and alkalinity I just decided to switch over to a calcium reactor. And uh, Greg Carroll, who's watching, I believe, still watching the uh, live stream, turned me on to the Reef Octopus calcium reactors. And yeah. one thing I remember Greg saying is like the reason, one reason why he liked the Reef Octopus calcium reactors is because they didn't have thumb screws in the top. And he thought mm-hmm. that you know anything with thumb screws was kind of a uh, um, a pain in the ass in terms of taking on and off. So, these Reef Octopus uh, cashmere reactors have basically a lid that you can just kind of screw on and off. So, it's really easy to kind of get in there and change out the, uh, swap out the media. But I haven't done that too often. I mean, I've been running, you know, this, uh, it's a 9-inch Reef Octopus calcium reactor, um, CR... 220. I don't have to look up to see actually what the it's in it's in the article. article, Yeah, Yeah. it's in the article in terms of the actual model of the reef octopus calcium reactor that I use. But um, it's like you know, I've used calcium reactors before for my other tanks during my 27 plus years keeping reef tanks, and um, you know, it's like kind of a set it and forget it type of thing when you got a calcium reactor going. And what
1: do you ever have to adjust? Do you ever have to make an adjustment to that?
0: Yeah. You know, and, and, um, I find that, um, it's easier to adjust the, um, the pH set point inside the reactor, you know? Okay. So if I, um, if I want to increase my alkalinity, calcium and alkalinity, then I will lower that pH set point inside the reactor. And if I, um, want to, uh, do the opposite, I do the opposite. So, you know, um, on a rare occasion, I might adjust the bubble count or the effluent. But it just seems like it's easier okay. for me to adjust the pH set point inside the uh, reactor to kind of like dial in. But I don't do that too often, and um, you know. So I think I changed out the um, the media after uh, six months, and I used okay. the two little uh, fishies reborn. I I had been using years ago the uh, Carib Sea large arm media. And that stuff was great, but apparently a number of years ago they changed their formula, and, and the, uh, the melting point for it is a lot lower than what I remembered it to, to be. So I've got a lot of that stuff on hand right now. If anybody's interested in uh, taking that off my hands, then I would be open to offers. Not that uh, I want to use this uh, platform to uh, sell stuff, but...
1: <laughs> well, you, you, do run a, you do run a business, Keith.
0: Right reef keeper reef octopus c yeah. 229 inch reactor. He has the same one. yeah, it's a great, great reactor yeah, yeah. and and I also have the uh the Camor uh, peristaltic um, pump, so that that effluent is um you know pretty much dialed in, which is which is another great feature. so yeah the, uh, so to answer that question i uh, I had a serious demand with the two part. And, and, uh, I'd switched over to the calcium reactor and, and it was a, a little rough transition because I didn't quite manage it the way I wanted to. Okay. And, and my DKH dropped down to like 6.4. <laughs> okay.
1: What so, so what would you have done differently?
0: Um, maybe I would have, um, you know, not just, uh, the switch like that in terms of stopping the okay. two part and doing the, um, the calcium reactor. Maybe I should have been still dosing two part and got the calcium okay. reactor going. So that, that may maybe in re- retrospect, is something I, sh- I should have uh, thought about. Um, but, yeah.
1: Kind of just wean, wean off of the one and bring the
0: yeah. other up. Yep. So ACI Aquaculture. Really- Chris, what's, uh, what's happening there, Mr. Michael? Oh, uh-huh. Chris is
1: here. Nice.
0: Oh, and, and, well, so, so I'm the other thing, I, I'm glad Chris just came on the chat, because the one other oh, big thing that I forgot to talk about, in terms of calcium and alkalinity is cockwasser, yep. and I use the Chris Meckley method in terms of... Uh,
1: so what? what is the Chris Meckley method? I don't
0: know. Tell, Should we pipe in Chris game. somehow and get him uh, get him on the uh, the live stream to, uh, to talk about his method? I mean, he...
1: Well, I, I feel you've talked about it before, I, right? I, I, yeah,
0: um,
1: but for a refresher, a refresher, for those who don't know.
0: So um, I'm not going to do this justice, but um, I'll explain in terms of what I um, did. And... So I went down, and visited Chris and his, uh, amazing facility, his coral farm down in, the in, in Florida. And, um, you know, so, uh, he, he showed me his, um, basically he has a, uh, a drum. I don't know if it's a 50 gallon drum, but, um, it's, it's essentially, it's a drum with a uh, cockwasser in there and he's got it covered up with some plastic on top to try to seal it, seal it up as, as much as possible to, to keep the, um, the air out of there. Because uh, if it does get exposed to, uh, to oxygen, then it's going to decrease the potency of the, uh, of the, the cockwasser or um, slurry, I guess you could say, mixture. And um, so he, uh, he essentially doses a certain amount to his uh, system, and I copied that. So I replicated that. I got a 30-gallon drum that um, actually feeds not only my 187-gallon system but also my new, um, Peninsula tank system, the 225 gallon Peninsula tank system. So what I do is, um, I, um, I, like I mentioned in that equipment video, I dose approximately 3,600 mLs of this, um, cockwasser solution every day to, uh, to the 187 uh, gallon system and about the same amount, no, a little bit less to the 225 gallon tank. And, uh, you know, I started up, I fill it up with, uh, you know, the RODI water, four cups of cockwasser, and it, it lasts for about two weeks, and when it gets down to near the bottom, and I don't stir it, I don't stir that at all, and when it gets down near the bottom, I put another four cups of cockwasser in there, and I top it off with the uh, RODI water, and my pH for the, um, 187 gallon tank usually is between 8.1 and 8.4 which is great and I've definitely noticed some increase in growth in the coral since I started doing that uh method which was back in the summertime and and for the 225 uh, gallon tank the same deal you know everything is going great in that tank and my pH in in that system is even higher I think that's like um one to 8.5 so you know using a calcium reactor and and, and dosing the uh, the cockwasser I also uh, took another tip from uh, Chris, and, and I, I'm dripping the effluent from the calcium reactor into the skimmer pump because that's a okay. great way to uh, degas the CO2, you know. And, and um, yeah, so it's, um, that, 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 that was something that um, is, is a very important part in terms of the calcium alkalinity uh, supplementation of the system.
1: Cool. So, so we've got how you're growing your corals. And how you're keeping keeping track of your water chemistry. But one of the questions that did come up was relating, you know, growing the coral is one thing, but what are your secrets to getting such intense colors on your Acropora? All
0: right. I'm gonna answer that question, but I'm gonna also address Chris's uh point and uh Chris's right. Oh yeah. go um, ahead. Only dose caulk when the lights are out, and that's what I'm doing, and that's what he he's doing. So I left that part out. But um all right, so the question is how do I uh, maintain some serious uh, colors in the uh in the acropora? Yes. So I think it's a uh, it's certainly the ca- you know the uh the calcium and alkalinity uh, supplementation. I think lighting is a big part of it. I use metal halides, 400 watt 20k iridium bulbs on that system uh supplemented with with T5s and um I don't um I don't dose a lot of um, additives, coral food, amino acids. I don't. I don't dose amino acids. I dose um, Brightwell's Cato uh, Grow. You know, I had I had Cato um, growing in this system, but I've taken so, that. Go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say you. You just mentioned you weren't doing that. Are you still dosing the Cato Grow now?
0: I am because I think the uh, okay. the iron and the manganese are are good in terms of helping colors of certain corals. That makes sense so i'm i'm still um i'm still dosing that stuff and um i feed I like I, I talked about this before before i feed my fish a lot four to five times a day i have um i feed like mice's uh, cubes brian shrimp cubes i have my own homemade um fish food that um actually has a little reefroids in it so you know there is there is some coral food in there but um it's got a whole bunch of other stuff you know just some Uh, supermarket seafood type of stuff in there and and um, some garlic some spirulina powder um, a whole bunch of stuff so i i I try to feed my fish a lot and i believe in fish poop can really help in in terms of SPS. (laughs) I, i i don't have any scientific proof of that but um i've heard anecdotal evidence from other folks out there that that it can help and um i think also uh I talked about this before kind of like leaving things alone not messing with the tank trying to avoid big uh, changes in the tank you know I think um, if you have a big Alk swing then that could uh, potentially impact the coral. so yeah I mean like I said in that uh, equipment video I really don't do much in terms of dosing supplements and, mm-hmm. and um, I think uh, it's it's strong you know calcium alkalinity supplementation strong lighting good husbandry. And, um, you know, I try not to keep the, uh, you know, I I talked about the nutrients getting kind of close to being bottomed out, but, um, you know, typically I like, uh, 2.5 nitrates and phosphates in the 0.02 to 0.05 range. So those are always my targets, but yeah, it's uh, and it's different on my peninsula tank. You know, my nitrates are, uh, 10 to 20, my phosphates are 0.05 to 0.1. Um, I'm using uh, LEDs, and uh, I'm getting good growth and colors in my corals in that tank.
1: So, which which do you, which do you like better? Do you have do you have coral uh, the same coral in both tanks? I do, so you can compare. I do. And what are you finding?
0: Um, it's interesting. I um, well, my two favorite corals are in the uh, in the new tank under LEDs. I you know, I put a purple monster uh, frag in there. Okay. And you know that's a slow grower uh, normally. So it's it's been kind of slow, but it seems happy. It's it's holding some pretty good color. The Oregon Oregon blue tort is um, it's really holding its color. It's not growing that fast as it is in my okay. uh, one hundred eighty-seven gallon tank. I put a Cali tort frag in the uh, in the new tank under LEDs, and that's doing really well. Um, you know, I'm kind of using that tank as a backup system for some of my okay. other uh, corals that I'm growing out in the more established tank. Um, so. Well I-
1: yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned you've got all the the frag t- the, all, everything's on this one system, and so if you're able to use that peninsula tank as kind of your your reserves, your um, you know, should something go? What what are the odds that something's going to go wrong in both? You know,
0: Matt. So I want to address a question that Jason L- Langer yeah. is uh, asking: Would the Kato uh, grill be a good supplement for keeping gonipora happy? They suck the manganese out as far, fast as I put it in. I don't know, because I've, I've had awesome luck with the goniopora in my uh, tank. I mean, incredible luck. I, I, they grow like weeds for me, so maybe, yes, the, uh, maybe Kato Grow is helping in that regard. I don't know, but it just seems like goniopora these days are a hell of a lot easier to keep than they used to be.
1: Yes. Yes, and Jason has a nice little Ghani uh, garden going. I don't know if you've seen that, but
0: uh, no, I'll have to check that out. No, he's
1: got a nice little, uh, nice little grouping that made me go, "Oh, I need, I need to do just a ghani only tank. That would be
0: cool." Um, all right, so I want to interject a couple of things here. One is, you know, we've got over sixty people watching us right now, but only twenty-four likes. So I, I would encourage people if they're digging what they're watching here to hit the uh, the like button, and yeah. so more people find it. And as we talked about it being the show, there is a Giveaway going on, right? Yes. We are giving away six subscriptions to Coral Magazine. Yes. One year subscriptions, which is really freaking cool. And if you go over to Instagram, the Reefbum Instagram account, and um, right Matt is showing that uh, to you right now, and I'm going to show you the post. If you find that post on the Reefbum Instagram account and you um, follow Reefbum, and you follow Coral Magazine on Instagram, and you tag two reef-keeping friends in that post, you will be eligible to win a one-year subscription to Coral Magazine. And, and the kind folks over at Coral Magazine and Matt are um, giving away six of these subscriptions, three yep. domestic. So we'll do, yeah, yep. go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say we're going to do three domestic print subscriptions, so you get that hard copy. And then you also have access to the digital edition, and then uh, we'll have three digital-only subscriptions um, for people overseas who aren't in the U.S. So if you're watching from Canada or uh, I saw New Zealand earlier, um, UK, anywhere, you know, hey, you could still get in on the action too. So,
0: so go over and check that out on Instagram. You can do it after the show if you want to, because this um, contest is going on until uh, next Tuesday, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time
1: yeah and then you'll have to get the details. you'll have to get your name, address, and email to uh, to Keith and he'll get it to us and we'll, uh, we'll put, yeah we'll uh, we'll we'll
0: message you if if uh, we're going to randomly pick um, the uh, the users from the comments and um, once we select the winners, we will reach out via private message
1: yeah all right. So, so, uh, I noticed a, a little bit of one-upsmanship, uh, Chris saying, you know, we've, we've got 130 Ghani Aporas in our, uh, our Ghani go- garden. And I would say, uh, you know, it's a little different when you're running an importer,
0: Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, uh, his wife so, is uh, saying, what if we already have a subscription to Coral Magazine? Well, then you can give it to a friend for a gift. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Spread the love, share the love. Yeah. So, um, so I noticed just as, while we were watching that equipment video, um, earlier, I noticed that your return pumps are submerged and, uh, I've always kind of gone back and forth between an external return pump and a submerged return pump. I'm curious for your thoughts on why you went the way you did.
0: Well, I, you know, a very successful, um, system that I had back when I used to live in Connecticut, it was a 225 gallon, um, aquarium. It was chock full of SPS. And I had um, external return pumps on on that tank. And um, I liked them a lot. It was a lot easier, I thought, to perform maintenance. Um, Okay. You know, but um, it kind of seemed like things changed in the hobby. I mean, that was like a a long time ago when it just seemed like submersible pumps were were more the norm. And uh, there were more options in that regard. So, um, yeah, I – yeah, and and, uh, you know the other thing is that um i wanted to really make an investment in a good quality sump and that's why i went with the royal exclusive dream box and and they have submersible pumps so it's it's great it's a bulletproof sump i mean it's pvc made of pvc it's Mm -hmm. um you know german engineering and uh I paid an arm and a leg. I I've got two dream boxes for each of my two different systems and I paid a lot of money for shipping to get get them uh, over from uh, from Germany. But uh I really do think it's well worth it because I I believe in investing in high quality stuff because I'm in it for the long haul. I mean I'm not I'm not um I'm not uh you know this is not not a not a hobby that I'm going to be uh you know getting out of anytime soon. So uh, I do believe in making investments in high-quality equipment, and I understand that sometimes that's not possible because of the economics of the situation, and this is not a cheap hobby. And no. I've seen some pretty incredible tanks, and I've talked to some pretty incredible folks on this uh, live stream. Nope. You want to take nope. that, Matt? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that, My
1: brother can wait. I thought I had that turned off. That,
0: um, <laughs> that run kick-ass systems. On, um, you know, Rubbermaid, um, stock tank and, um, you know, counter current, um, um, protein scale. I mean, you know, you could really, yeah. Greg Hiller was one guy that, uh, kind of comes to mind that I've had on a couple of times on this live stream and, and he, um, he does a lot, um, with little in terms of running his, uh, reef tanks and, and, um, Joseph Peck is another guy in and, and, um, Connecticut that has uh, awesome reef tanks and you know does not spend a lot on on the equipment but you know I made the personal choice to uh, to invest in in uh, in that stuff and and um, yeah so does that answer your question
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it does um you know I I, I made the choice uh, I had a, a an external pump on one of my systems here in the basement and uh, splashed water on it and killed it just, you know, unfortunate accident. So I've gone with submersibles a lot, and I've never been worried about the heat because, you know, here in Duluth, Minnesota, it's never warm. So cooling is, you know, not usually an issue here. It's more <laughs> heating the thing. I mean, so,
0: and, and, you know, the other advantage of, um, you know, an internal versus an external is that less likely to um, have a leak, right? True. Than yeah. Than external. So you, you mentioned a couple times
1: uh, back when you were in, connecticut and that segues perfectly into another question that i had kind of gathered up here um i'm gonna read it to you uh you have been a reef keeper in a huge metropolitan area and now you're in the boondocks of northern new england is is living in a rural remote place a huge handicap
0: yeah it is it is it is definitely a huge handicap because there are um really no local fish stores, uh, nearby. I think the closest one is maybe, uh, 45 minutes away. Um, I do miss that. I, I miss being able to, uh, there was a couple of great, um, shops and there's still actually, uh, I, I think still in business in, in the Greenwich, Connecticut area. Um, there is, um, well, there was, there was one guy in Stanford, uh, can't, can't remember the name. Chris, uh, 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 J- J- Jensen. Jensen. I think is the uh, the name he was a guy that um i just really admired very much in terms of going in and and just kind of eyeballing his uh awesome display tank all the time and and really kind of inspired me and then um you've got uh, jason over at greenwich aquaria who um also has um you know an incredible talent in terms of keeping reef tanks and i used to love to go over there and and to run into people and so we don't have that here in vermont and and it's uh, it's tough so you know all of my shopping is pretty much uh, done online for stuff and and when I do get um, out and about to a trade show then that uh, certainly makes it easier it's nice to be close you know I'm, I'm about a little over a three-hour drive from Boston so there's some some folks in in that area and the New Hampshire area that really um, know what they're doing in terms of keeping reef tanks so it's you know I gotta I gotta put a little uh, mileage on the car to uh to kind of get out and about and do some actual shopping in person so it's different
1: so so we've got two ways we can go i i have two questions that work perfectly here uh you want to talk about your reef keeping heroes or do you want to talk about where you get your coral (laughs) which one
0: (laughs) you pick it man
1: all right, so tell me first about your reef keeping heroes. Then, I mean, you know, you started to mention a couple of these shops that you really like to visit. I, I I've been to Grand, uh, Greenwich Aquarium, and a beautiful store. Um, who, who are, who are your, your? Give me your top two or three. Well, I, I mentioned You, just, them. I, you
0: know, you... Chris Jensen, uh, Jensen. Um, yep. What was the name of his store in Stanford? He, um, he definitely inspired me. Um, and then Jason, you know, he, I think he has a. I, don't, I haven't been there in a long time. I don't know if the tank is still up, but I think it was like a 500-gallon uh, reef tank in, in that store. And um, that gave me a lot of um, inspiration and, and ideas. So, um, yeah. And then just, um, I think there's a... Well, you, go ahead. You give
1: a, you give a lot of advice. Who do you turn to for advice?
0: Mm. <laughs> Who do I turn to advice? You know, I, uh, no, we all, we I, 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 learn a lot on this show, actually, you know, I, uh, okay. I learn a hell of a lot on this show. I mean, I've, I've, um, Chris Meckley is one guy that I had on the show and we talked a lot and I was like, Hmm, this guy's making some sense. Maybe I should, uh, you know, kind of talk to him about, uh, the Cockwasser thing and, and, um, you know, some other stuff. And I've, um, I've had other guests on this show that, um, you know, Greg Carroll has, as um. Uh, giving me some ideas and in, in terms of stuff that I've done with the tank. Um, a, a lot of different guys, you know, Tim Herman, uh, who, who has some incredible, uh, systems. I had, um, farmer tie on a few weeks ago and, and, you know, so I'm, I kind of like pick up a lot of tidbits from, from folks that I'm chatting with in the, uh, in the reef keeping community, but that's, you know, that's a great thing about this hobby, right? Is, is that, um, you, you form these relationships and, and, um, you exchange ideas. Uh there's another guy Mike in Brooklyn who um you know, I've known for a very long time and and all the folks at um you know, um uh, Manhattan Reefs. You know, I, I used to go to all the Manhattan Reefs frag swaps. Great people um and those frag swaps, hopefully they'll uh, have another one sometime soon. So, you know, I think that's part of the hobby that um is um is is maybe not um you know, it's it's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit in terms of those, um, you know, being part of a reef keeping club, going to a uh, frag swap, and and sure. just seeing people and talking reef. You know.
1: Well, well, do you even have a a reef keeping club up no, there in Vermont? No, no.
0: The closest no. one that uh, that I'm and I'm a part of it is um, the uh, the Boston uh, Reef Keeper Society. I think is what it's uh, called. Okay. BRS.
1: BRS, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so you mentioned events, and that was one thing I was going to ask you about. Um, you know, looking forward to 2022. Do you have any uh, reef hobby events you're planning on attending? Any that you've got your your sights set on?
0: I always go down to uh, the Reef and Palooza show in New York every June. Okay, and, and it was awesome to be able to go down to um, that this past uh, June. The year before it was uh, canceled. I've um, I've never been to a Magna event, and I really would like to go to the one in Milwaukee in September, I am, you know, the one caveat is, you know, if, if there's a spike in the COVID cases, then I might not venture out, but, uh, I really do want to go to that. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I think I'm, it's, it's kind of like a a new world we're living in today. And, and I think there's been a lot more in terms of, um, people connecting virtually via zoom or via these live stream types of, uh, events which is great yeah so I don't know I think I think I think uh this is all good
1: <laughs> so so uh do you do any uh are there any regional events you go to maybe not these grand scale national conventions but smaller local things that, you, that you're looking forward to
0: now like I said no? there's uh there's not a lot going on in my state so really the um the closest would be um Boston and the Boston Club Boston. yeah
1: so I want to I switch gears and, and ask um, about Reef Bum, the company, the business, the brand. Uh, you know, we're, we're coming off on a 7 o'clock hour. Time to, time to go, go to another. Uh, we'll, we'll start go, digging deep. Um, I, I'm curious, as I put it, is Reef Bum your full-time gig? Let's start there. Is this, is this your source of income now?
0: Yeah, it is. It, um, okay. It, it had been a part-time business for like the first five years and
1: which started when
0: 2015 So 2015. Okay. Yeah. So I'd been in the, um, in the media business my whole life. I had been in the advertising business. Yeah. I worked for CNN, Turner broadcasting pretty much, um, the majority of my business career. And, and I had a, a four hour round trip commute from Connecticut for like the last 10 years of that. Um, I'd spent 21 years at, at Turner broadcasting
1: and you spent a year in the car. Yeah, there
0: you go. Spent about a year in the car. So, yeah, my wife and I had an opportunity to kind of like do something different and and um, you know, I knew my time was kind of coming to the end and it was just uh, it was rough. So we um, we were empty nesters and we decided what the hell, let's let's try uh, let's try doing something a little bit uh, out of the ordinary and, and and go. We had already purchased a uh, second home up here in Vermont and so it became a little bit uh, easier to, uh, to do that. But, um, so when I moved up here with my wife back in 2014, you know, the intent was to start a, a business with the reef keeping hobby. And, um, i had always okay. been a reef bum, you know, that was kind of like my, uh, my handle on all the forums, mm-hmm. but I, I thought it would be a great name for a business. So, yeah. so we, um, I, and I, I, I did that part time. I, you know, I spent maybe, uh, 20 hours a week doing the reef bump business and the other, uh, you know, part of the week I was doing some consulting, some media consulting, some, I was in marketing research. I was, I was doing some consulting there. And then, um, for three years, I took a gig as, um, the executive director of a public access TV station here in Vermont. I live in the Man River Valley of Vermont. It was me and just one other guy and that was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, I, I did a lot of great things there and, and, um, you know, just did a lot of transformative things for that, uh, TV station and had a lot of fun with it, but I think my time was up and, and when the pandemic hit, the, uh, the reef keeping business became a lot, uh, busier, right? Okay. Because people have, uh, I don't know, have had a lot more time to, uh, tend to their hobbies when they're at home. Yes. Yes. So yeah. I just um, I thought it was a great opportunity to do this uh, full time, and I've been doing it full time for a little a little over a year. And and um, you know, one of the things I uh, I really wanted to do was connect with people on social media. And um, you know, and this show was a big part of that. I I was like, I love the name rapping with reef bump. I don't know why. I was like, so I I got to do something with that name, you know. <laughs> so, so I just. I just decided to, uh, you know, to start live streaming. That was about a year and a half ago, to, um, to, you know, help connect with people. And so, yeah, I, 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 I have the YouTube channel, and I got the Instagram account, um, and mm-hmm. I grow corals. So I'm a coral farmer, and yeah. I, I sell frags. I sell equipment. I only sell the equipment pretty much that I use, and, um, mm-hmm. and I try to really provide folks with, with good sound advice based on my own experiences and that's what i try to also communicate via youtube yeah you know uh, there there are certain connections that i have in terms of with certain companies like bulk reef supply and ecotech uh, marine and and uh, royal exclusive and ghl i sell their stuff and so there there's got to be some baked in bias there right but hey you know i well but
1: but it sounds like Sounds like you picked it first. Yeah,
0: I, uh, I'm that, running my I'm tanks with you know. this stuff, so I'm only yeah. really providing that kind of direction and advice to people because I like it, and I'm not going to run my tanks with st- with equipment that I don't like. Yeah, and um, that makes total sense. So yeah, uh, how do go you go ahead?
1: How do you feel about turning your hobby into a business?
0: I love it, man. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It, it is a lot of fun. It, it's a passion of mine. Um, Mm -hmm. I really dig it. I love helping other people out. You know, sometimes I don't have all the answers. I, you know, I got a lot of questions and and people want to, you know, seek advice. And sometimes, um, you know, I, I I can't, uh, you know, recommend that silver bullet, but I don't, I also don't think that there is a a silver bullet in terms of reef keeping. I think that, um, you really have to be dedicated. You really have to be patient. And, um, And, uh, yeah, you, uh, you just have to be in it for the long haul. It's not something that you can kind of like dip in and out of.
1: Uh, that's, uh, I'm going to jump in Uh, way, way at the start of our, our live stream, Paul UK reefer asked, uh, a question that I had on my list, which is how do you avoid reef keeping fatigue?
0: I've, um, I've quit a couple of times. I've, I've quit a couple of times. Um, you know, it's, um, it, it can be a frustrating hobby and, and I've taken okay. some breaks. You know, I, when I was in Connecticut, I had a, um, you know, a, you know, my tank was like, again, wall to wall corals and, and what have you, but uh, I ran into some issues. I had some acro weeding flatworms in that system and I, okay. and I did a great job in terms of managing that problem by just basting. I didn't tear the tank apart and that tank, um, did really, um, well, even with that, um, problem. But my wife and I were, um, were looking to make, uh, you know, a move at some point in time, and, and I was like, all right, you know, I think um, maybe now is the right time to kind of take a break with the tank. And thank God that I did, because um, three weeks after I broke that tank down, we got hit by Superstorm Sandy, and we lost oh. power for eight straight days. And um, thank wow. God I had broken the tank down, and we even had a full house backup generator. Yeah. But um, a few days before Sandy hit, you know, backup generators automatically exercise like once a week to make sure that they can function properly. And so this yeah. generator did not uh, do that. That uh, it, it malfunctioned during that exercise, and so the uh, the wow. technician came out and he looked at it and he's like, well. You've had a catastrophic failure, and um, huh. I'm not going to be able to help you out because I'm going to have to spend all my time maintaining generators for you know working generators for my customers during the storm. So you're kind of, sh- you know, I'm not gonna, you're you're uh, yeah, no, we, yeah we, we, you're out of luck. <laughs> and um, so thank God I did break that tank down. It was I guess good karma that I decided to kind of take a break at that point in time
1: a good 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 time um
0: and then there was Absolutely. another time uh years years before that i had a pretty successful 120 gallon um tank but i had this um invasive macro algae in that tank that um i think it was some sort of uh colopora, um that um okay. got into every nook and cranny of the rocks and i just could not eradicate it and it just became so so frustrating that was sort of early on in my reef keeping career and mm-hmm. uh i think that's probably you know, more common early on in a reefkeeping career to kind of like throw in the towel because you get frustrated yeah. and there's just so many different things that can frustrate you. And sometimes a, um, sure. sometimes a reboot or, or a, a year or two off is a really good thing because you get re But, uh, I don't know, reef keeping is in my blood. I don't see myself, uh, giving it up anytime soon.
1: Well, so, so you mentioned being rejuvenated. Where do you go for new inspiration or to be reinvigorated if you're, Kind of like, uh, kind of ho-hum. What,
0: what do you do? What do I do? Hmm. You know, it, yeah. where do you, where do you turn? Oh, in, in, in terms of trying to like keep things interesting? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think, um, it's always interesting to try to experiment. You know, I've, um, I've thought about, um, and I talked about this in the article and i talked about it on my YouTube channel. I've, I've thought about doing a big reboot on the 187 gallon display tank. You know, it is wall to wall corals, you know. And I thought about uh, um, essentially breaking the uh, the tank down, taking the larger colonies, and and uh, moving into the frag tank system, and um, setting up a well. I, w- I would have to be very uh, calculated with this, but um, set up a second uh, secondary sump, right? And okay, I've always been intrigued. Uh, not always. I've kind of railed on uh, dry rock a lot, but um, I. The the negative uh, space aquascapes the NSA's do seem pretty cool mm-hmm. to me. So I was like, you know, what if I um, I put together an NSA, you know, dry rock aquascape, and then set up a second okay. set up a second uh, sump, put the uh, the NSA kind of um, um, take it apart a little bit and put it into that second sump and let it cook for like five or six months, right, to turn sure. it into live rock, and um, keep the system going. In terms of my display tank, and then gradually start taking, you know, the mature colonies out of that display tank, and um, putting them into the frag tanks, and then swapping out the uh, current rock in that tank with the uh, the dry rock that's been cooking in the sump, and just kind of starting off with a uh, with a new uh, you know tank and a new aquascape, and just plant frags and start all over again. So you know that's um that's something that I've been thinking about. You know, am I crazy for like breaking down a tank like that with which has been so successful, I don't know. I mean,
1: we we, we preserved it for posterity right here. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you could always you can always just thumb through the pages and be like, Oh, oh I remember that. I mean you could watch your channel too, yeah. but you know. I
0: don't know. Yeah. So that's you know, that's kind of like what I've been thinking about in terms of you know, the, the new peninsula tank was certainly something that that got me uh, rejuvenated. And and okay. uh, made things interesting because um, you know I'm, I'm fortunate where I have the space down in, in where I'm sitting, which is my finished basement, to to have. Uh, my wife has been very kind to uh, to to uh, let me have the uh, the finished basement for my uh, my passion and and uh, the reef keeping hobby. So that was hey, yeah. So I need I need another yeah, big pro- we like I need another big the- project, Matt. That's what I'm talking about here. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is like it's yeah. nice to have. It's always cool to kind of restart a tank or to start a new tank. So that's, that's kind of like what okay. gets me going.
1: All right. All right. So um, uh, let's see here. Since you mentioned earlier that you don't have good access locally for really anything. Um, so I'm going to, I, I lobbed it out there earlier. We're going to come back to it. Where is your favorite place to get new coral?
0: Oh. Well, you're you're so you're talking online now.
1: Well, I'm talking where where do you like to go? What do you look for? I mean anything. This
0: is I'm a, an open-ended uh open ended I'm into the uh <laughs> classic corals, you know, so uh okay. the um Tyree Pink Lemonade, I mentioned the Oregon Blue Tort, the uh, Tyree Purple Monster, yep. the Cali tort. Um so you know, I reach out to, to fellow um um you know coral farmers that uh, you know okay. have the uh that that stuff like that and so uh yeah i i think um there's a lot of crazy stuff out there in terms of corals and the pricing is really really crazy and there's this whole tenuous thing going on where you're paying insane okay. amount of money um i have paid you know good chunk of change for certain frags i i tend to um to try to avoid the really really pricey stuff you know, I think my perception is that there's, um, there's a lot of folks out there that, um, you know, want more affordable corals. And, um, you know, so the old school stuff is more affordable these days, right? It is because it yeah. doesn't have the fancy name, the fancy marketing t- I mean, back then it, it was, back then it wasn't. right. But now it's kind of yeah. like, but you know, I, a lot of people that uh, reach out to me in terms of customers are into those uh, sorts of corals. So I think, um, being able to uh, to have stuff that uh, you know others can afford is 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 good but um yeah so to answer your question i i do um there are some vendors i'll uh, you know battle corals is awesome so i've i've um i've gotten stuff from uh, from adam um you know abe from coral uh, euphoria i've had him on the show he's got some great stuff so i've gotten some stuff from him um you know, so there's uh, there's other uh, folks out there that uh, I talked about Tim Herman. I've gotten some stuff from him. Yeah. So yeah, it's um.
1: So it's a, so it's a little bit networking. Thing. Yeah. It's not just shopping online. It's kind of ACI knowing the Aquaculture.
0: Who... Chris sent me a care package. Yeah. Awesome.
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh, sign me up for that subscription on the care package, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so um, is there a coral out there that you are just like, wow, I have to have it? Oh, right that's now? a good is there, question. Is there one that's that's on the, that you're on the hunt for?
0: Well, this rainbow splice is intriguing to me, but the price tag is okay. like crazy. Do you know about this uh, coral? So,
1: I I think I do, but for people who don't, what is a rainbow splice?
0: Um, well. What genus? Is I think it? I believe it's a millipora. It's a milliporal. I believe it's a so acroporal. Yeah, Malipora. I believe it's a milli. Okay. Uh, okay. Folks, please correct me if I'm wrong on on, on this, but um, I, I I don't remember the technicality in terms of what exactly it is. If it's a um a fused uh, coral, or a spliced uh, uh coral, but um, this is actually a coral that that grows green and and um, reddish pinkish um, branches. But, from what I could tell, a lot of the frags out there are more green than anything, so I think the initial going rate on the coral that a frag for that was like twenty five hundred bucks. I think now maybe it's down to more reasonable one thousand dollars uh you know listen that's uh that's a lot of change and drop on one frag
1: i mean i mean i I did a quick Google search here, and there's, there's no shortage of images and uh yeah it's uh it's really different it's like some of these uh broken flower patterns that you see where you get this intermingling of of color and random swirls and streaks and um yeah, I could see why you would why you would want that
0: yeah it's different yeah it it's yeah. um listen it's uh I, I you know I, I do think if you're going to, um, if you're going to um invest a lot of money in a coral that might be the coral to do it because it's so unique and there's not uh anything else out there that i'm really aware of that's similar to that type of coral i mean there's i know there's um you know grafted monte caps out there, but i have one mm-hmm. of those the um i think it's a world worldwide corals um grafted uh, monte caps yeah, but there's a few. i've got i've got a it's grown to uh, about a foot wide in okay. my uh, peninsula tank now i put it in my peninsula tank and only the very center you know has a little green in it and the rest is all orange you know so what's the thrill of, what's the so th- what's the thrill fr- in that i guess i should just well chop, chop it all up, it all up. Chop but there's no there's You're no green Mac, to put uh next to the orange it's, all, it's like nothing
1: <laughs> well you gotta start gotta go like cut away all the weed part and Go back to that uh, that that little that, that core that you still have reef I keepers that, uh, reef I, keeper,
0: I, I agree with that comment. Never drop a thousand dollars on a frag. Wait a few years and get it cheap. It, the price keeps coming down.
1: <laughs> well, so so you you farm corals. Do you ever look at a coral that you're buying as an investment?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, like the homewrecker. I uh, I invested in that. You know that was probably the most ever spent on okay. a frag you know, a few hundred dollars. And, and, um, so that was, that was something that, uh, you know, listen, I, um, you know, I do run a business so some of the corals that I buy, I'm thinking about it, you know, as, as a business and, um, uh, you know, and then some of the corals I'm buying, I'm thinking about, I want them in my display tank. And, and, Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I, I think that, um, there's, it's a very personal thing in terms of corals and everybody has their, uh, you know, I, I, um, I don't run, I, um, I run full spectrum lighting. I don't like the blue mm-hmm. spectrum, so you know I don't have a lot of um, uh, I don't put a lot of corals in there with that in mind. I don't have any of these crazy tenuous that can uh, pop under LEDs, sure. that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Do you think um, I, I find those tanks are even hard just to look at? Yeah, I don't like when you don't
0: get it, but
1: blue all the time.
0: Yeah, I don't get it. I don't. I don't know why you oh. have to work. You know. Um, glasses to view a tank.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, to every, each person to, you know, to what they like. Um, so, so what do you think then is uh, the, the biggest fad in, in corals right now? Being a coral farmer, what, what do you think people are overhyping and what do you think people are undervaluing?
0: Well, I've kind of already talked about this, but I think the tenuous thing is like gone okay. crazy. And yep. I would not pay the yep. money that I'm seeing people um, you know, paying, or at least the prices out there for these tenuous mm-hmm. that uh, I think it's just nuts. Um okay. I you know, I listen, the home record's a tenuous. I've got the um the sexy corals Orange Passion, that's a tenuous. The um I've got a couple other tenuous. So, you know. But I'm
1: Well tenuous is a is a good coral. Yeah, no, There's I mean and, it, and those right?
0: are more like um mainstream tenuous more well-known yeah. tenuous sort of like old school tenuous that um have been around but sure there's a lot of stuff that's just coming on the market with these crazy uh you know names and marketing hype that you know six seven hundred eight hundred dollars for a frag i can't get behind that so um but you know listen i um I, I i kind of invest in the uh in the stuff that i think is uh more well known and and that's what i that's what i like in terms of my taste of corals i like Old school stuff.
1: So what? What is under? So what is undervalued right now? I think, think I think the old school stuff. Attention. You
0: know, I did a video on on okay. on um, you know recently about um, budget corals, and I talked about the aura Red Planet. You know, that's like a yeah. forty dollar coral, and that's an awesome mm-hmm. red table that you can add with with a green uh, base. You know, to the uh, to the tank. Um, the uh, the Milka Stylo. Sometimes you can probably get that for free. You know, in terms of frag, that's a brilliant, brilliant purple. You know, it is. Um, you know, then uh, like Tyree Red Dragon, that's just about as pink as it gets in terms of a coral. I mean, it's a striking coral. I mean, on all these corals, you know, maybe except for the uh, Milka Stala, were like a big thing, a big deal. You know. Um, yeah. I remember the uh, when the Aura Red Red Planet came out. It was kind of like a big deal, and uh, I was like, yeah. I got, I, 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 I wasn't one of the first to get it, but um, I was like, wow, man, this is a, this is a score. I got an array Red Planet, you know, but um, yeah. So I, how many, how many pieces of Red
1: Planet do you think you've sold now?
0: Oh, uh, well, that I, you know, I had an old, you know, my, my first colony in my uh, Connecticut tank, the two hundred twenty-five gallon Connecticut tank. I sold a lot of them because that thing just got huge, and um, sure. But, in my current tank, you know the hundred and eighty seven gallon tank, my red planet has um just encrusted like crazy. I don't understand it. I mean, I've never seen a coral encrust like this coral has encrusted, so um, I haven't been able to uh brag it as much as I would like, but now okay. it's starting to um to kind of sprout up and, and branch out a little bit but um, yeah, I think the undervalued corals or the old school corals. And, uh, you can get some dynamite stuff for 20, 30, 40 bucks.
1: So everything we've talked about is, is what some people jokingly refer to as colored sticks. Yeah. Well, where, where do you go beyond colored sticks, Keith?
0: Why do you have to go beyond colored sticks? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I, I always like to, um, uh, quote, uh, from this movie, um, um, what was the, uh, wear what you dig. It was in that movie. Um, okay. uh, what was the name of that, uh, movie? Um, it'll, it'll pop into my head. Help,
1: help them out in the comments there. Someone knows. I don't.
0: Yeah. It was, it was kind of a wild and crazy, uh, movie. Um, but there was a, there was a quote in there, you know, wear what you dig, right? So you should yeah. put the corals in your tank that you dig. That's why I did Fair I enough. dig solid colors
1: fair enough so amanda amanda asked in the uh, chat here is there a specific species of sps that you struggle with or that is more finicky in your reef
0: hey amanda um millies are challenging you know i think millies are like one of the more challenging sps corals out there and and um okay they also
1: what makes them challenging
0: i don't know they're just not as hardy as other corals you know they can't withstand as much stuff in terms of swings and and changes in in tank uh parameters and and things like that if there's like you know something going wrong with the tank a million might be the first one to kind of like you know bite the dust
1: so it's, it's your canary in the coal yeah.
0: mine um and but yeah. Millis also happen to be like one of my favorite types of corals so that's a problem man <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's amazing. It's just you. You want to walk. I love that the edge. um,
0: <laughs> um, the um. What's that blue milly That um, the um. There's so many great of The Aqua SD Rainbow Millie is like one of my favorites. I got a. I got an awesome um pink millie from um from Chris and Amanda. I think um I think Chris is calling it the uh the um apple pie millie or something like that. Cherry pie milli, cherry pie milly, because it's cherry, it's okay. cherry colored. The Palmer is blue milly. I mean, how could you get any better than that in terms of a millipora that's blue? Um, I love that coral, you know. And I, I lost uh, my colony in the in the 187 gallon display, but I got another uh, frag of it in my uh, in my uh, okay. peninsula tank, and that's growing out really nicely. So, um, yeah, I just really like um, any. Give me a pink milly a, a red milli mat, or a blue milly. That's dynamite to I me. Mean, that's gold.
1: Do you do you repeat your corals at all in your tank? Do you place yeah. a colony of this coral in I four, do. different places? I
0: have um, okay. I have two Tyree red dragons in that 187 gallon display. Um, I've got two Oray Hawkins in that uh, display. Okay. I think um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And, and again, it's all up to um, the individual in terms of what they like and what they don't like to do. But um, mm-hmm. I think that. Um, I think that, uh, is a really cool kind of thing is to kind of have a, um, um, you know, kind of a a little repetition.
1: Well, it looks natural. right? That's always been my, my take
0: on it. Um,
1: earlier, way earlier in our conversation, you kind of mentioned checking in on the tank every day. Um, you know, observe, observing everything every day. I wanted to dig a little deeper into that and just say, what are you looking for? Are there particular corals that you're watching, the canaries in the coal mine? What, what, what are you looking for with that um, reef bum intuition that comes with experience?
0: I don't know. You could just kind of know know something's off. Um, you know, maybe there's okay. like um, you know, certain part of the coral that uh, the polyp extension is not what it uh, is typically like or maybe the color okay. is not as vibrant as it had been. Um yeah, so there are there are certain corals that um, you know, tend to reflect those symptoms more than than other corals. I had this um the uh the unique coral's original strawberry shortcake was kind of like mm-hmm. my canary in the coal mine for the uh for for my display tank, the 187 gallon display tank and um Man, that thing would vacillate back and forth between looking great then looking crappy and I was like, "Uh-oh, what's going on with the tank?" And it was like the only coral that was doing that. And then um man, one day I finally like lost it. And uh I I guess it just uh, it couldn't hang in there. I I did acquire another frag and I've got it in the peninsula tank, but um yeah, I just um I think you could just tell. I think if you look at your tank every day then uh I think you you could notice pretty easily in terms of something that uh, that changes, but You know, I always also try to look for new growth on the tips of the acros and and you want to see that. And um, I think another thing that uh, I like to see in terms of studying the numbers is to see, um, you know, the alkalinity. And, um, you know, I think a good sign is to see the alkalinity dropping gradually over time and and allowing, you know, which means you have to make adjustments. That's a good thing Mm -hmm. because that means that your corals are growing and they're consuming more calcium and alkalinity. So that's that's something that I want to see. I, I do not like to have my alkalinity monitor control the supplementation of calcium and alkalinity because I think that's something that um, I'm I'm a little lazy and I'm not going to go in and look at the data in terms of sure. what the, uh, the you know the um, the calcium and alkalinity is trending at. I like to visually kind of like walk by my KH director and, and see what the number is and if it's kind of like a slow decline over time or at least a steady number, then to me, then things are uh, good. If that number starts going up more and more, then I, you know, the corals are not consuming as much calcium and alkalinity and I think there's something wrong. Even if I don't see anything with the corals, you know, then I think that requires me to kind of dig a little deep and, and see if um, something is uh, awry.
1: <laughs> I, I love slick reefing down here. My Melonberry Monty is my canary. Closed polyps equals high CO two or approximately low alk, if I'm reading that right. And uh that's great. I mean and, y- and you learned that you said you've been reef keeping how many years?
0: Twenty seven. 28 years, yeah.
1: Twenty-seven, yeah. yeah. You 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 pick these things up. Uh so th- I'm gonna take and tap into that twenty-seven years of wisdom here. Um this is one of our if we didn't have good questions... By the way, last, Matt, I agree with Jason
0: Langer. You are a good host. You're asking some good probing <laughs> questions there.
1: Well, thank you, Jason. Uh, I had a team help me here with this. Uh, we got a lot of good submissions. So uh, what are some of the worst mistakes people make when they start in on
0: reef keeping? What are some of the worst mistakes people make when they start in on reef keeping? I think patience yeah. is a big thing. You know, I think um, I think okay. people don't... Um, don't give things enough time. I think that um, if they see something going wrong with the tank, then they'll throw a lot of different things at it. I think that, um, I think, and I've talked about this before on the show, I think social media and, and, and reef um, forums can be um, both good and bad. There's a lot okay. of information out there. Some of that information is not good, and newbies sometimes will go down a rabbit hole that they shouldn't be going down because they're listening to somebody okay. that might not have the experience to uh, kind of back mm-hmm. up that advice. But, um, you know, I, m- my advice is, um, to take things slow and, and to, uh, to not react too quickly. But, uh, yeah, you just need a lot of patience and, and, uh, you gotta spend, you gotta do a lot of due diligence.
1: Well, we talked about this being an expensive hobby and if you're not patient you're going to spend a lot of money really fast and really run the risk of losing a lot of money really fast too oh listen that's happened
0: to me let me tell you and it's happened to everybody you know
1: well tell us tell us that's why we're interviewing you (laughs) tell us
0: (laughs) listen everybody's had tank crashes um and and if if they haven't and they haven't you know said that they've had a tank crash and they're lying because it uh, you you have losses that's a part of the game that is a part of the game, and it's, sometimes it's stupid things. You know, uh, one time early in my reef keeping career, I um, I had this, uh, you know, I had um, was using double-ended metal halide um, bulbs, not the mogul type, but the the you know the, the, the double-ended that go into the fixtures and all that stuff. And um, so I was down at one of the local uh, reef, reef stores, and, and and one of the uh, the tanks I was talking about earlier, one of the uh, the local shops in Connecticut. The guy was. Um, Running his halides, and he had single-ended mogul bulbs in the fixtures, and he was running without the glass. He took the glass out because he wanted to get higher par. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, that's a that's a cool idea. Maybe I should try that with my bulbs. And and the thing is, with oh. double-ended bulbs, there is not they do not have the UV protected glass like a single-ended mul- um, mogul halide bulb would have. Let me tell you, Matt. I I pulled the lenses on those uh, fixtures, and within a, within a couple hours, I came back, and um, I had fish that were like just spiraling. They were getting sunburn. It was a complete wipeout in terms of acros because they got completely yeah. burned. You know, so that was like a tank wipeout, and that was like a stupid mistake. I just wasn't doing any you know my homework on that. Um, so. It's you never know, and you know. And then recently, with my peninsula tank, I had a um, an overdosing accident where where I had some nitrate, ammonium nitrate, back siphoned into my sump, and that's because I had the uh, I had it on the uh, the doser. I had I had the uh, the container with a nitrate about four feet off the floor, right near the doser, and so um, you know I never uh, even thought that was a possibility in terms of back siphoning. So I did some mm-hmm. maintenance on the uh, on the dosing heads, and when I do that, I, I pull the uh, the tubing off of the peristaltic pump. I take out, you know, the little uh, rollers. So that basically allowed the whole 1,000 mLs of nitrate to back siphon without my knowledge into my sump. And so um, I sat down. I, I went. Uh, I did my tank maintenance. And I went, I skied for like an hour or something like that. I came back home and sat down in my, uh, my, my chair right here. And I look over and I walked by the tank and I was like, why aren't the fish out? That's a weird thing. And then, um, mm-hmm. I sat down at my desk and then all of a sudden one of the fish just jumped right out of the water and I went over to the tank. I was like, something is wrong here. And, um, you know, I ended up losing almost nearly half of my fish because of that mistake.
1: Ouch. Yeah. And we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see here. I want to I wanna take an opportunity to thank everyone for being here and letting me host. Thank you for those compliments. Uh, I think uh, we should mention again the, the yeah. uh, giveaway that yeah. we're doing, yeah. Keith. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to yeah. start there?
0: So folks, we're um, the kind um, people uh, at, at Coral Magazine are giving away six subscriptions, one-year subscriptions to the magazine, three print edition, the domestic print uh, edition and three, there you go, and three uh, digital editions or subscriptions that can be um, accessible, accessible that are accessible by uh, folks either here in the U.S. or outside of the U.S. So what you need to yeah. do is you need to go over to the ReefBum Instagram account. The Reefbum. <laughs> and there's a post on the ReefBum Instagram account that um, provides you information about this giveaway. And all you gotta do, it's very simple. Follow the ReefBump Instagram account and follow the Coral Magazine Instagram account. And in the comments on that post on the ReefBump Instagram account, just tag two reefkeeping buddies, okay? And um, this contest will be open until next Tuesday. December 7th and 12 12 noon. And we will, um, reach out to the folks. We're going to randomly pick folks that are, um, commenting and tagging their, uh, their friends and following us. And we will pick those folks and reach out to them. And, uh, if you want to look at the rules, then you just go to the reef Instagram account and go into the bio and click on that link.
1: All right. Yes. So, the reason i brought that up i want to i want to talk a little bit about working together you and me working together on this um aquarium portrait that we did um because you're you're a content creator you, you've got this media background uh, I, I wanted to ask how that played into um being able to sit down and, and write about your, and write your own story your autobiography from a reef keeping standpoint um you know what? What went into that for you? Well,
0: all right. This is a sh- This is a well, shameless man, me, plug. But you. I did. Uh, I, I I did write my reef keeping uh, biography in this book. <laughs> <laughs> shameless. That's, that's long, shameless long. plug.
1: No, no, no. We'll shamelessly plug all day long here. You know. I mean, you got. Uh, we gave you a lot of pages. Uh,
0: no, listen, here. man. I um, yeah. I had a lot of fun with writing the article, and um, it was a story about this tank. It's the latest story about my reef keeping journey with the uh with that tank and and um i enjoyed it uh, thoroughly i think you gave me a certain amount of words and i blew by that that uh that limitation there and and um i just uh, am very thankful for the um the uh, the opportunity and the platform to to share what i've done in, in this this great and awesome hobby and and um you know i hope i hope People that uh, have read the uh, the article and people that will will, uh, will get something out of it and will learn something about it
1: so, so what what went into um, uh, pulling the materials together? did you have everything kind of already ready when I approached you or uh, was there a scramble?
0: <laughs> um, well, you know, I know my story pretty well, and so it was a, it was just a matter okay. of um, just kind of taking what I had in my head and, and, um, you know, I've, I've, also talked a lot about it on the channel, the YouTube channel here and, mm-hmm. um, but, um, you know, I, um, I did not have a lot of photographs. I've been pretty much, I, I used to, I, I used to take a ton of photographs back, um, when I was in Connecticut, that 225 gallon tank. And I had, I think there was like one video that was done of that tank that I didn't even do. And then I completely mm-hmm. switched it around when I started up the 187 gallon tank, I did, um, you know, 90, 80% was like video and, and, uh, the rest was, was pictures. And then recently it's like no photos. So I did have to scramble, uh, Matt to get, uh, a lot of those photos for you guys. But, um,
1: Hey, well, you pulled it off. Yeah, you, it wasn't. It, <laughs> it wasn't it like it was great. a pretty
0: tight deadline too. It wasn't like, uh, hey, can you, can you, uh, you know, like a few weeks or whatnot. I was like uh, a matter of like days. I had, I, I, get, I got I got to a drop, but it's a labor of love. Yeah, and and uh, I just uh, it was a lot of fun, and I appreciate the opportunity.
1: So, so how did you take those photos? What did you use? How did you accomplish
0: that? Oh, we talking uh, the actual uh, gear here?
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I used to um, I used to be a Canon person <clears throat> but I, and I had bought that uh, the uh, the Canon um um the uh the mark uh the, the whatever it was the three D Mark uh whatever Canon I had a Canon mm-hmm. <laughs> Canon uh body <laughs> lenses and all that stuff and I switched it over for Sony. So I've got a Sony A okay. seven III. I love it a lot. It's, it's really, I got it because I wanted to start doing 4k video and it also okay. happens to take some uh, kick ass photos too. So yeah, I, um, I, I use that, uh, Sony and I've got, I've got a couple of great macro lenses and I've got, um, right. one of those, um, um, viewers that you put the, um, the housing around the camera and you can kind of bury it underwater and do top down shots which, okay. uh, you know, everybody knows a top-down shot is um, certainly going to be a great yeah. way to highlight and bring out the beauty of a coral.
1: Yeah. Did you did you do a lot of shooting from the side too? or?
0: Yeah, a little more, more top-down than anything. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it can be, like, game-changing in terms of the photos you get on the side versus the top-down. But there's also certain things okay. that, um, you know, Kind of kind of tricks of the trade that you should follow when you're when you're taking uh, pictures of the tank, whether it's top down or from the side, which is you know turn off your pumps. Um you know so you don't have a lot of use a tripod, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't have any uh any movement. And um I do everything pretty much in, in uh in manual and I, I try to like adjust okay. the exposure but I keep the F stop uh constant. Now we're starting to really dig into some technical stuff here, huh?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I did mean, write uh, a couple of articles someone...
0: that people could check out about uh, tips on photographing uh, reef tanks. So,
1: where where would where would they find that?
0: Um, it's actually in the book. I, I, I've got um, okay. I've got um, you know some helpful uh, hints about that. But also, if you just like Google "reef bum" and photographing reef tanks, you'll probably find the uh, blog post too. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you know,
1: one one of the things I I wanted to to, to ask you was having been through the process of of coral approaching you to say hey we'd love to feature you um do you have any advice that you would give to someone who is like hey i, I would love to see my tank in coral or i you know it's something i aspire to um what would you say to that person
0: hmm. well you know i think that um that's a very interesting question there, Matt. I, I think, yeah, listen, I think um, social media has definitely helped me in terms of bringing visibility okay. to what I do and my tanks. So I, I okay. think cer- certainly a social media presence does not hurt. Does not hurt. Okay. And I'm sure that's what you guys do sometimes too, is you try to hunt down uh, certain Aquarius via social media.
1: I mean, I mean, I, I, was, I I said it earlier, it was just getting to know you uh, from having worked with you and then just, I think I just caught a glimpse of one of your tanks uh, of the 187. was like, Oh, that's it. That's perfect. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, I mean, I've answered that question many times. I was hoping to, you know, uh, get some, uh, outsider perspective on working with coral. Cause it's, it is uh, hard to get into. That's something I've said many times. Um, you know, it's not like someone can just be like, here's my tank. It's awesome. You should put it in the magazine. That's great. Um, but, I mean,
0: how, well, I mean, what's, what's your advice right now, to somebody that doesn't have a social media presence?
1: I, I don't really care about the social media presence. Um, I, I think, you know, we, we publish six aquarium portraits a year uh, at most. So the odds of getting into coral for anything is, is really high, or really low, rather. It's, it's an incredibly tough bar. I mean, like, I've never had a picture on the cover of Coral magazine. Hmm. I work for Coral Magazine. I take pictures. I've never had a picture on the cover of Coral Magazine, and I know Amanda keeps asking me, <laughs> "What's it gonna take?" What's it gonna... I want, I want, I want to make the cover. It's hard. Um, I, I always tell people take tons of pictures. Um, and as you kind of mentioned earlier, having to scramble for pictures. Um, obviously, you probably would have liked to have had more time yeah. there. Um, I always tell people, well, you said it perfectly. You know, you said you gave me a. a a word length and i kind of blew by it and i i feel like most of the time as an editor i will tell people write the story you think need, that needs to be written we can we can edit it we can fix it we can trim it later um how did you feel about being edited
0: oh uh, that's cool you know I, I mean listen i um i i fully expected to uh you know to be edited and and um yeah, I mean, you know, and that and that was also something you did say to me is like, listen, just write the story, and and um, you know, we'll um, we'll we'll uh, we'll figure it out in terms of write the story of the tank. But um, yeah, you know, I think that um, there, you know, you gotta you gotta kind of adhere to certain um, you know guidelines in terms of the amount of words, but that um, it ultimately it doesn't really matter because you want to tell the the right story. You want to tell the story. Um, you know, you could also just keep going on and on and on and on and on. And and at that point, you're going to have to uh, cut back. But I always say to myself that um, it's easier to to chop down versus to um, to have to add on.
1: True, true. Are you um, how much did your media background play into being able to write content and produce content in general? Not just not just Coral specifically, but in general,
0: you know, um, I I. Um, it, it's definitely helped a lot the last uh, six years to be, you know, I blog, I try to blog once every one or two weeks and, and, uh, you know, for YouTube, I write scripts and I have written, you know, other articles in the past about my aquarium. So it's, you know, for me, it's not something that was like brand new. And I wrote that book mm-hmm. and, and, and all that. So, uh, I, you know, I, 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 uh, I don't see myself as like a, uh, I'm not a writer per se, you know, I guess maybe okay. I'm a, I'm an author and I'm a blogger. But, um, you know, grammatically it's, um, I'm glad to have, uh, to have the resource of Coral magazine behind me to, to, uh, to make sure that everything was all buttoned up. But I think you guys did an awesome job. I was really happy with the, with the way things, uh, you know, turned out. It, it, it,
1: yeah, I thought it turned out great. Yeah. And that we get to have this follow-up conversation is a a unique experience. A lot of times if this is a, a tank from Europe, it's been written in German and, having a, a conversation with the authors would be a, a futile, ex, uh, a futile exercise. So this is a, this has been a really good opportunity. Um, Rajendra, you asked uh, what issue it's the November, December issue. So the Fang Blinnies issue, uh, November, December, 2021. And if you have a subscription already, um, you should have gotten it. And um, it's also available in the digital edition. And then I just reposted the link to the, um, to the online excerpt uh, uh, we were uh, Keith is gracious enough to let me put it online say sure let's put it out there for everyone uh, so you can actually read Keith's article for free and read all the things we've been talking about it's all right there uh, in the in the comments so on the chat yeah yeah so we got 15 minutes left here
0: oh we're doing this for two hours uh, I didn't know we we're doing that for two hours
1: uh, oh we know we can no, I know that's no, cool I,
0: let's I, do two hours I, 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 I,
1: I had it in my head head. that it was two hours.
0: That's cool. Everybody always gives me griefs. Like I'm always trying to end the show because people are keep going, keep going. Everything's going well. Keep going. I'm not trying to end the show. I just, uh, busting your chops.
1: No, no. Okay. Well, I have, I'm looking over the the question list here. Um, let's see. Oh, here's a good one. We're We're getting down to the end of, of, of some of the broader, less technical questions. Um, so let's see here. We won't do that one. Uh, all right. So where do you see your reef keeping hobby five years from now? <laughs> Yours. It, your personal hobby first. And then I'm going to ask the same question again, slightly the,
0: different. The old five-year so, uh, five question sure, there. Huh? Yeah. Like I'm on a job interview. Yeah. You are. <laughs> <laughs> um. Where am I going to be in five years in the reef keeping hobby? You know, um, yeah you know, maybe, maybe there'll be a reboot in the, uh, in the future for the, for the 187 gallon display. I don't know. Definitely kicking that around. Okay. <clears throat> I think, um, when I added the peninsula tank, that was a big deal for me because it, it meant, um, a lot more work, you know, twice as much work because it's a second system. And I did that because I wanted to have, um, a backup system and, and not, um, you know, so I, like we talked about, I've have, I have uh, a number of uh, my favorite corals in that, in that uh, new tank, just in case. But um, it, it is a lot of work. You know, I, I ha- uh, well, how much, how much work are you putting in? I mean, you said
1: you doubled it. So what, is that, what does that equate? People don't necessarily know if they don't have a tank that size, or two of them at this <laughs> point.
0: If I would had to say, in, in terms of overall time I spend with maintenance per week, like hours per I week. would say yeah. four to five hours per week. Okay. Um, you know that's. Right. Uh, it, it depends on what's going on, on on that particular week. You know, I have a, a certain um, calendar that I follow in terms of maintenance, and sometimes okay. uh, certain weekends, which is when I do my maintenance, can be larger projects versus other weekends. So uh, yeah, it it depends, and yeah, and, and there's issues with that I'm dealing with that it could be a lot more time that I'm spending with the tanks. So I've got six tanks now. Mm-hmm. I've got. um the 187-gallon display and the two frag tanks that are featured in, in the uh, Coral Magazine issue. Then I've got the Peninsula tank. Then I've got another frag tank that's plumbed into that Peninsula tank. And Then I've got a quarantine tank.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So do you, do you envision adding more tanks no. in the future? No. 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 <laughs> you know. You're not even like a Pico or I do or have... NPS somebody did...
0: Coast to Coast Custom Aquariums um did a very nice thing and, and gave me a um you know Gratis, a um, a small little maybe ten gallon tank that's really cool. It's got this um, okay. um slanted front viewing panel. So I gotta do something mm-hmm. with that tank. So I guess I guess okay. a seventh tank right. is in the uh, in, in the future, but um I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what I'm gonna do with that tank. But yeah, I think um right now I'm good in terms of major tanks, and, and uh, although there is a nice little spot in the corner back over here where I could fit in a really neat cube, so you never know.
1: <laughs> so so if an if a expansion in the tanks isn't in your future, what about Reefbomb's future? Where, is you, where are you going to take your business? You basically went full-time at the start of the pandemic. What's the plan? Do you have a plan?
0: Yeah, no, it's, um, it's interesting you ask that question because I'm actually redesigning my website, and um, okay. so, I'm, I'm, I'm very busy with that. And I really want to kind of emphasize the, uh, the coral selling side of, of the business. You know, the big, the big pieces of my business are, um, you know, selling the equipment and selling the corals, but um, I want to just make the website a much better online shopping experience. So, I'm trying to expand my coral collection. So, I've got um, the one frag tank that's plumbed into the new uh, Peninsula tank that has nothing in it right now. So I've got all that mm-hmm. real estate. It's a, um, it's another 50 gallon frag tank and that's, uh, 48 inches long by 24 inches wide by 10 inches tall. So, um, I'm going to, um, you know, put a whole bunch of, um, corals to grow it in that frag tank and the peninsula tank is, um, is doing really well. And I anticipate in about a year or so being able to start fragging stuff. I, I got some stuff in there. I could, I could start fragging right now if I wanted to, but I don't want to do that because I just, I need, um, I need it to time to grow so you know right now maybe i've got 40 corals that um i have frags available for for right now on the website and and i'm hopeful in in about a year or so that maybe that can grow to 100 or or so so it's just going to be a much um more emphasis on the uh the aquaculture side of my business and and uh, uh you know i'm very psyched to continue to connect with folks via youtube this live stream is a lot of fun I've had some awesome guests on, including you there, uh Matt. And um yeah. I think it's um I think as long as people keep appreciating, you know, the um the content that I'm pushing out, that's uh that's great. I think most of the people that find me in terms of customers are through YouTube. So okay. it's um it's something I definitely want to continue to grow. And and one other thing I should say about that contest, which you don't have to do, but if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, that would be awesome. It's not going to help you win the uh, Coral Magazine subscriptions, but if you want to hit that subscribe button, then um, please, uh, please do so. And, and I'm done with that, uh, that shameless plug.
1: you got to do it. My, my son has grown up with the, uh, oh, what is it? Smash that like button. Yeah. He's, and I, we don't even let him watch YouTube. And it, that's like seeped into his life as an 11-year-old. Smash that like button. He'll say it out of the blue for no reason um so so okay so i'm getting to the closers um you keep reefs and you like to ski do you have any other hobbies that we don't know about
0: i'm a yeah i'm a huge skier i ski pretty much every day big fly big fly fisherman i didn't know that i am too i knew that i knew that um i um i love i I love road biking okay so we got some great uh, stuff here and some great hills here in vermont to uh to road bike so, okay. uh, yeah, those are kind of like my outdoor passions. All
1: right. All right. So do do they ever take away from, do you find like summertime takes you away from the tanks cause you're getting outside and you, do you go through that cycle in your personal hobby? I don't
0: know, Matt, somehow I've figured out a way to kind of weave in the whole reef keeping thing where it doesn't impact anything. The, um, you know, the only time that I get nervous is when I leave the house, go away mm-hmm. for a few days or for mm-hmm. a week on vacation or something that that's, uh, get, a lot of agita about that.
1: Do you, uh, do you have a, a reef keeping buddy who comes to watch or is it, uh, good luck?
0: No, we got a, I, I got a oh. neighbor. Um, she's okay. a very, um, very, um, you know, sweet lady and, um, she's into the tanks. She loves the tanks, but, um, so she'll, uh, sometimes, uh, help me out. Um, in the past, we've had a house sitter, <clears throat> you know, to house sit, or, uh, for, for our dogs that's, uh, helped out with the uh, reef tank. So yeah, that is uh, one thing that definitely makes me nervous is that, um, mm-hmm. there are not a lot of, um, uh, folks that I can really lean on in terms of reef keeping buddies nearby. So
1: is there anything that I should have asked you, but I didn't, <laughs> I, I'm pulling them all out here. Anything you wanted to talk about this evening that we didn't touch on? You want to ask me a question?
0: Um you know, I I talked about... I I've already asked you a ton of questions, Matt, when we talked to Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh and you know, people can go find that interview uh to search for uh for me and Matt on uh, on YouTube. But um I think um, you know, one thing that I'll um I'll say to kind of like wrap this whole uh, thing together is is that um the hobby's changed a lot. I, you know, I think that, um, it's, it's gotten more complicated. There's a lot more moving parts. There's a lot more in, in terms of additives and supplements, and you've got the bacteria dosing and you've got this and you've got that. Whereas years and years ago, uh, it just seemed a lot uh, simpler. There was just, um, you know, less, less things to worry about and, and you didn't have, um, fancy controllers and flow meters and, and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So, I think my, um, even even though, and I think I said this in the in the equipment video, I think it's really, I think, important to keep things as simple as possible and not to auto- over-automate. You know, I'm a mm-hmm. big advocate of not doing automatic water changes. I like to do manual water changes because I just think there's just too many things that can go wrong. So I, I'm a really kind of keep-it-simple kind of guy, and uh, I don't like to over-complicate things. I think that... Um, Redundancy is also very important. I like to always have two return pumps in case one craps out. Um, I think it's also important to have a, um, you know, a um, uh, backup light ballast or a backup light in case something goes wrong. So I think all mm-hmm. those things are important, and redundancy is, is also another critical part.
1: I can I, I have backup pumps for every pump here yeah you have to and it's an investment of stuff sooner or later you do end up using them yeah like when my uh yeah my central air system for the entire fish room went out just plugged in the next one and worried about fixing the first one later so so i i am i have one last question for right. you and it's a funny uh, one who knows how you will answer this one because it comes from my eight-year-old daughter and your, your eight-year-old old daughter asks.
0: submitted a question
1: Eight-year-old daughter submitted a question, and that question, good sir, is how dare you? I don't know how you're going to answer that. So you tell me what the answer is to that, that incredulous question.
0: What's the question? How dare you?
1: How dare you? <laughs> I have, she'll say that to me all oh. the time, and I always give her an answer, but I want to hear your answer.
0: How dare you? I don't even, how I don't, I don't even know how to answer that question there, Matt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I told you I was going to throw you a hard one. I always tell her, I dare, that's how and okay. leave it at that good answer
0: so, yeah. good answer yeah, i
1: don't know it's it's the question for my eight-year-old right. daughter so i had to put all right
0: it well in she there. stumped so, me
1: she did i think you dare incredibly well sir that's <laughs> that's my answer you do it with style and class <laughs> oh all right so i will put it up here one more time chris or uh, sorry, not Chris. keith <laughs> we've got you in the november december 2021 issue of coral magazine it's in the chat for your aquarium portrait and uh let's see here lots of good stuff in here but you start on page 70 Yep, i'm
0: showing it also in the uh live stream the picture
1: perfect it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to get to turn the table on you for a change I hope yeah, you yeah man
0: this it. is this is awesome Matt I really uh, I really had a lot of fun with this and and um, yeah it um, just it was it was great digging in
1: yeah thank you again for uh, for letting me uh, turn the turn the script on you
0: so uh, should we remind folks one more time about the uh, the giveaway absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, let me bring this up here in terms of the Instagram contest. So uh, Matt and everybody at Coral Magazine is, is offering up some free one-year subscriptions to the magazine, and, and three of those are going to be the domestic print edition, and three to the digital edition, which will be open to anybody in the world who uh, has an internet uh, connection. And all you have to do is go to this post on the Reef Bum Instagram page, like the Reef Bum Instagram account, like the Coral Magazine, um, Instagram account and tag two reef keeping buddies in the comments of that post and uh, we will randomly select six winners from those comments you have until next Tuesday at uh, twelve noon Eastern Standard Time December seventh to do that and uh yeah, you should folks it's really easy to enter this contest and uh, it's an awesome magazine. And, uh, I highly recommend you, uh, make the effort to do that.
1: Yeah. You can't, Hey, you know, six people are going to win.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. All right, Matt. So, um, let's, uh, let's wrap. Let me, uh, let me just, uh, thank the sponsors of the show again for, um, for, for supporting me and, and the, uh, the show here, bulk Supply and ecotech marine. I also want to thank all you folks out there for watching and, uh, commenting and asking questions. It was super, super fun and um i just want to mention my next live stream this is interesting matt is going to be saturday this saturday december 4th 3 p.m eastern standard time i'm having a live coral show so all those awesome corals you saw you know in the video and in the in the spread in the coral magazine i'm going to be doing a little uh you know like one and a half uh, live coral show on youtube so you can all visit right. uh, reefbum.com live show and get the uh, get the details. So we're going to be uh, we're going to be doing that on uh, on this Saturday, and then the next wrapping with Reef Bomb I'm going to have next Thursday, December ninth, seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Dr. Sanjay Yoshi is going to be on. So that should be another really awesome, interesting uh, episode, and and uh, definitely I recommend tuning in to uh, to see that. Matt, um, anything else you want to say?
1: Uh, just, it's been a pleasure to wrap with you again and uh, I look forward to more in the future. Cool. So. All
0: right, everybody, listen, be safe out there and we will uh, see you next time. Adios.